Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Hello, hello, hello. I'm your Kylie Jenner. Hostess with the most is Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth. In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood. To lick it right, lick it good, show you how to... Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Hey there and welcome back folks Once again, I'm your hostess with the mostest Munoz And can somebody please tell me where this year went Oh my god guys Oh my god We are, what, a week and a half away from Christmas We are deep in the throes of Hanukkah And if there's another holiday that's being celebrated out there at this time We're in that too But where did the time go. It's also like 20 days to my 40th birthday. And I mean, we blinked and this crazy, crazy year was over. It was just over. I just, I'm really having a hard time here. I'm just <laughs> having a hard time remembering what happened this year. Anywho, um, Today, or this week, I should say, yet another gift guide. Yours truly, yep, has not one, but two gift guides out this year for your holiday shopping pleasure. And in writing this second gift guide for West 42nd Street Magazine, you can go to w42st.com and see yet another small business, small, like women-owned, POC-owned, small business, like holiday gift guide for all your shopping needs. But in this... um, in writing these holiday gift guides, you know, I was thinking about like just where this year went and whatnot. And, you know, in remembering, listen, we all learned a new skill, right? Most of us, at least. We all danced our lives away with Mark Kinemura. A ton of us, you know, just like really figured this out. Even if you were just sitting at home figuring out like the anxiety and the depression of it all, because that's 100% real. I have to say, I'm really proud of us because this, this was something else, y'all. And, and you know, if you haven't heard it, I am proud of you. So um, yeah, that's that. Go check out the gift guides if you haven't done shopping yet. And also speaking of shopping, yours truly has merch. You can be, you know, just like a super fan and buy all the merch on themunios.com and all the mouth merch is there. It's really cute. 
shout out to Justin Quackenbush who helped helped me design everything. And um, yeah, that's that's it for my musings today. Moving right along, I'm really really excited to get today's guest on the pod with me because I mean the end of this year ended really really well for just this podcast. Um, and I'm, you know what, I have to say, I'm really happy that I could be here as like a source of entertainment for y'all out there too. During this time, you all have shown me a lot, a lot of love. And all that my guests have been really, really great. And today's guest is no different. Please join me in welcoming yet another gay food liberty, the one, the only Joey Sladani. Say hi. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Good. Lordy, Lordy, look who's 40, I should be saying. <laughs> Oh my God. Yes. But look, if this is what 40 looks like, I accept. Bitch. Yeah. Whatever you old bitch. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, you look amazing. Um, I would have never guessed ever. Yeah, listen, listen, I have one wrinkle. It's right here. It's the zoom filter. Don't lie. Honey, listen, beige don't age. Brown don't <laughs> frown, honey. Brown don't frown. What this rhymes is- with like Sicilian and oily doesn't age. Cause that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you know what? Um, hopefully you didn't you're not from where that part of Sicily where Rachel Ray is. Shout out to you. I have lots of love for you. But like <laughs> she's she's developed into that like old like Sicilian like nona. Like, have you seen her yeah. recently? I was like, well, oh yeah, she, she went through a phase where she had an obsession with fillers that was very obvious. And you know, <laughs> HDTV is not forgiving. So I love her. I think like she stands for everything that I'm about when it comes to cooking. And yeah. I've met her a few times and she's delightful. But uh, yeah, there was a definite filler phase <laughs> where I just wanted to be like, girl, you're naturally gorgeous. You don't need to puff those cheeks up any bigger. <laughs> I mean... Sorry, Rachel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Canceling myself already. <laughs> well, but do you, girl. If it makes you happy, it makes you happy. That's what oh I have to God. say. You know what? If you, want, if you want cheeks that, you know, press your eyelids eye into your eyeballs, then God bless. <laughs> I mean, we are off to the races today, people. <laughs> I told you today was going to be a good one. Yeah, I, um, I have no filter. It's bad. <laughs> I am so excited to have you here. And I can't thank you enough for giving me of your time. But before we get anywhere, Joey, in the grand tradition of In Your Mouth, I want to wish you on this day a happy National Chocolate Covered Anything Day. Oh, <laughs> well, I put chocolate on practically everything. So <laughs> an appropriate holiday for me. <laughs> Thank you for the, the, the no, kind words. <laughs> I have said this uh, probably about a million times at this point. Um, I don't know who comes up with these things. Like what national chat? We have really... It's the end of the year. We're in a pandemic and we really have run out of things to celebrate. National chocolate covered anything. I think Hallmark probably came up with these because they want any excuse to put out a card. But uh, um, maybe. <laughs> maybe. we used to write about it a lot. I mean, honestly, when I had my start at Food and Wine, we would have a database of these national food holidays. 
And sometimes it's an SEO win, you know, like one day National Macaroni and Cheese Day may be trending out of nowhere. And we want to put out that content and make sure we're on page one of Google. So there is like a a business strategy around them from the food editorial world. But yeah, it's very arbitrary and random. (laughs) You know what? You're probably, you are, not probably, the first guest that has had a really like really, really good explanation for these random food holidays. Because everyone, I ask everyone and everyone's like, oh, you know, someone just needed something to do or that's, that was good. I it's like capitalism, that. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we need to make Wait some coin here. That's Hello? why we've got these food holidays and just to make money and monetize. Do you, remember, <laughs> do you remember that whole thing that happened? Speaking of monetizing and chocolate covered things, that whole thing that went around about like, you can get like, a chocolate anus mold. Like, yeah, I would love one of mine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I totally remember. I think like, I don't know what the Google algorithm was or the the Facebook algorithm because I was getting like fed those ads. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, what is this saying about me? Um, But I would love to take a mold of my own asshole. I think that'd be awesome. (laughs) Right? I pride myself on a cute little hole. (laughs) Uh, uh I mean, spoken like a true health kitchen coolie. <laughs> I mean, I, people will pay for that. So Yes, I mean, yours and mine together, especially these days, it is pristine and perfect. And moving right along into this day in gay history, because here on In Your Mouth, we like to call on our gay ancestors. Did you know, Joey, that in 1983, Mel Brooks's To Be or Not To Be, a remake of the Ernst Lubitsch, the Lubitsch, I can't, I can't speak. Classic <laughs> becomes the first mainstream Hollywood film to not only acknowledge Nazi persecution of homosexual homosexuals, but also make it a key plot element. Look at that! Wow, what a pivot! <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a pivot! <laughs> Chocolate but it's assholes, not, Holocaust. Yes, <laughs> but it's not. But it's Mel. It's Mel Brooks, and yeah, Mel Brooks would totally be here all together. Uh, to tie that all in a pretty yeah. in a pretty bow. Interesting. All right. Love that little tidbit. Yeah, no, put that. Have you seen this movie, To Be or Not To Be? No, to I be. have not, actually. Well, I mean, put that on your holiday watch list. Sounds, sounds something that's going to bring me so much joy and happiness. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, once again, Mel Brooks. I mean... True. True, true. I love I love a Mel Brooks uh, flick. You know, History of yeah. the World. Yeah, uh, Blazing Saddles. Exactly. Yeah, the classics. The classics. But no, I haven't seen this one. <laughs> no, neither neither have I. And I mean, why not? Shout out to you, Mel Brooks, for uh, always keeping it funny uh, here, yeah. <laughs> here yeah. and every day. So, like, that was a happy little news moment. Yeah. I thought for the day. The other ones today were a little like down and out, and I wanted to keep it. So much joy. When you said, when you said, but you still threw the Nazi word in, so that was like a. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, yes. I'm curious though if there's like a dark humor <laughs> taken to this because oh, everything. Always. Yeah, but I'm wondering like how dark he goes. I don't, um. I mean, have to watch it. <laughs> Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks was part of the Borscht Circuit. You know that like yeah. very specific type of comedy, and of course, he, he was forever pushing the envelope. Yeah, yeah, forever absolutely. Ever pushing the envelope. But so I always I, just—I don't know when it comes to like Nazi Germany or anything Holocaust. I'm always uh, wondering how yeah. far is that envelope being pushed? pushed. So, and I mean, this adding was, it to the list. <laughs> this was also a different time in in 
in history. And True. so the, some things were more acceptable, even exactly. if they weren't acceptable at the time. Yeah. You know, than they are today. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Who, who knows? And on who this, knows? yeah. And <laughs> anyway, I, I'm dissect, now dissecting Mel Brooks and, and um, his intent on things and whether or not things are actually <laughs> funny or should be funny. Whoa. <laughs> I love it. So in your mouth, listeners, besides Joey being hysterical, a little background. So Joey is a writer and editor, a TV radio personality. Hello. Lifestyle expert, former entertainment publicist and author of Basic Bitchin. He was most recently editor at large of CBS Interactive's Chowhound, where he managed the site's food and travel editorial content. His work has also been featured in major outlets like Food and Wine, People, CNET, InStyle, Yahoo, Travel and Leisure, Lonnie, and BuzzFeed. You know, those. I like to add the resume a bit. Yeah, those random <laughs> things. Those, I never heard of them. <laughs> in addition, he is the host of Awesomeness TV's Dish This um, and has appeared on Wendy Williams, CNN, HLN, NBC, CBS, Sirius XM, and other news. I mean, this list goes they on and on. You sound like a douchebag. No, not at all. I mean, we celebrate everyone here, especially uh, all the accolades. Drop all the names. Like this Love. is this is incredible, and you've come a long way. And the and the children need to know if they don't know already. My favorite part of your career also is before your career in writing. He was the publicist for TLC, serving as the PR lead for the network's highest rate, uh, rated series like Here Comes Honey Boo Boo, My Strange Addiction, and My Crazy Obsession. Yeah, that's quite, life. A, that's quite a resume. <laughs> I mean, resume. I've always been this way. It's like I, I pour my heart, soul, energy, tears into work. And as a result, I'm now a, you know, single 33-year-old self-loathing homosexual. And I mean, who's just ca- all about career. I so. mean, is there anywhere, <laughs> any other way to be? <laughs> no. no, apparently not. <laughs> Paying too much for a studio apartment in Hell's Kitchen. You know? <laughs> there you go. Ding, ding, ding. You found me. <laughs> but no, yeah, I've just been very career-focused. But it's been interesting. It's been an interesting trajectory because, you know, I started in... I always knew, I was always drawn to entertainment, television, lifestyle, just anything that was media related. And I started behind the scenes and, you know, initially I thought maybe I should have gone into school or gone to school for broadcast journalism. Instead, I did communications, kept it very, very broad. And I thought, why don't I approach this from the opposite uh, or in an opposite way where I do everything behind the scenes. I know what everybody does from producers to publicists to marketing teams to ad sales, and then put myself in front of the camera after I know what everyone else does, as opposed to the opposite where people try to get the skills, you know, and broadcast, which is it's a fine route to take, but I didn't want to start out in like podunk Kansas making $17,000 a year being, uh, you know, like a reporter, like I just wouldn't work for me. So I kind of just flipped the script a little bit and it's been tough and probably a lot more difficult, but um, I think an interesting way to approach uh, media. 
Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and and what a and what a slingshot. I mean, at 33, you've accomplished so much, and your and the trajectory seems to be definitely on an upswing for you. It's really funny the way this happened, actually, because I saw you on Wendy Williams. How you doing? How you and- doing? <laughs> Do you know I had to practice that like 70 times in a row? And then when it came out when I was on TV, it was so not the way I planned it. Because I can do a, how you doing? You know, yeah. like I just did how it. How you doing? But on the like show, I was like, how you doing, Wendy? <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> and we're going to talk about that Wendy moment for sure because there's a there's a really funny thing that I thought happened. Yeah, I and, know and, what it is. And you just you just kept trucking, yeah. right? Cuz oh, Wendy's me, very I special. I can't um, wait to dissect that. I lo- I live laugh lasagna uh, all about it. Um and and so I recently was on the Whispering Hunties podcast, right, which is a RuPaul's Drag Race uh, recap podcast. Shout out to you, Whispering Hunties. And you know one of the hosts, me, yes. John, right? Is yes. That and he goes, uh, when we finished recording, he goes, oh, my God, you need to uh, meet my friend Joey. And I was like, Joey? Joey who? He's like, Joey Spladini. And I was like, wait a minute, why does that name sound familiar? And I had literally just written your name down to reach out to you Amazing. to invite you on this podcast. So I go, that's really weird. I, I feel like I'm a little bit of a witch. I love a it. High, if you will. And yes. I, I focus, completely, focus. I li- completely like conjured you. I go, you will never believe that I legit just wrote his name down and you just spoke <laughs> it to me. And so it. he goes, yeah, I'll totally connect you and whatnot. So I am so excited to have you here, but let's start at the beginning. Yeah. So how did you end up as this food maven coming from, you know, being Mama June's like publicist, essentially, <laughs> yeah. like that, that trajectory, like, I don't, yeah. I want to know that. How do we get from point A to point B? Yeah, you know, I food, I always say I'm a professional eater, not a professional chef. So while I've always had an appreciation and love for food and travel, which, you know, they kind of go hand in hand, I was never wanting to always be in the kitchen. I never wanted to work in restaurants. I grew up in restaurants. My dad had restaurants. Um, and I, it's, what's funny is I was actually the pickiest of eaters when I was a really little kid. And um, I don't know, it was always just a passion of mine. And uh, I started in entertainment because I just loved entertainment. I, like, I just was obsessed with the celebrity world. And then um, naturally, when I switched from PR, I became a TV editor and just started writing about TV shows. And that was really fun and something I'd probably still be doing up to this day, but I was laid off. And actually, they shuttered our New York office, was moving everybody to San Francisco. And I was like, no, ma'am, I am a New York queen. I, sorry to you, SF gays, just not my vibe. But um, so I was like, I'm going to try to just make it work and freelance. And one of the first jobs that was presented to me was just doing editorial for food and wine. And they had a digital property called FWX. It was targeted towards millennials. It was very voicey and fun. It was just a different approach to food. So that's how I kind of got my start. It was like four or five years ago. And it, it just stuck. I, I, I really enjoy writing about food in creative and fun ways. I think food obviously is universal. It's, it's very culture defining. It, I always say if there's, uh, if there's any way to really get to know someone, break bread with them and eat something um, you know, that represents who they are and their experience and, and, and their culture, because it really is a full sensory experience. You utilize all of your senses. And um, I, I just, I, I loved it. And then I pivoted a bit because I, instead of writing, you know, articles, I was like, gosh, you know, I'm getting sent hundreds of cookbooks, literally. 
And while so many of them are great and aspirational, none were inspirational for me. You know, I, I'm, again, I'm not professional. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Shangela. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I, I do come to work though, but um, I, I just felt like there wasn't a self-deprecating, funny cookbook that kind of played into something that was having a moment, which is like the basic bitch lifestyle. And I thought there was just a void in that space. So I, I sat on this idea for a bit and then I went to my boss and I was like, I, I really want to write this cookbook. I want to pivot. So I went from then doing more like articles and, you know, traditional journalism to writing this book for a year. So yeah, that's, and it's incredible. And it's a stunning book. And we're totally going to get to the book for sure, obviously. But I want to know, like, yeah. Do you cook? Like, where where did the cooking come into play? Nah, like, I don't. Did... I'm a I'm a fake. I'm a fraud. No, but like, <laughs> you no, know, I know you cook. Like, yeah. but like, where did yeah. where did those skills come from? I don't have them. <laughs> if I'm being honest, like, I just I don't have like I it's it's mortifying sometimes when I'm asked to do videos. When I did Wendy and I was asked to cook on live television. I should have been wearing Depends because I wanted to shit Isn't myself. Isn't that the scariest? Is Cooking uh, on television is a scary oh experience. Oh my God, I blacked out. But um, <laughs> No I, joke, uh, yeah. no joke because Blacked I did a morning show once about brunch cocktails years ago and they don't tell you like that shit moves so fast uh, and you have yeah. to be move, 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 yes. move, move. And then it's like, wait a minute, where did the time go? I'm not even done. Yeah. It's really, really scary. It's Terrifying. a scary experience. A scary experience. Terrifying. Yeah. But um. But yeah. To what you're asking, like I, like I said, it just food's always been a passion. It's been. I th- I've come from a big Italian family. We're stereotypically like love to eat everything under the sun. But um, I. I, I just always love cooking. It's always been a stress reliever for me. I love hosting, um, not just with my grinder hookups, but like actual parties and, you know, making <laughs> oh, my- you're, you're you're a party and play queen. I see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish. God, my life would be so much more fun. Uh, um, <laughs> and you'd probably be dead. No. I'd probably be <laughs> no, dead. No. I, this would be the Holy Spirit talking to you. I do not want that for you. I don't, I- <laughs> I don't either. I can't do drugs. I'm just like- no. I don't have the patience. I, my personality is already like I'm on drugs. I would absolutely die. Oh my God. Um, I, uh, part, speaking of, and shameless plug here, one yeah. of my merch uh, items is like a grinder shirt that says into, and then it says mouth stuff. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting that. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like you need that in your life. <laughs> FYI, you I can go to the moonnest.com. Anyways. Yeah, when guys are like, what are you into? And I'm just like, anything that involves my mouth. And that's like, honestly, very serious. Like, it's very true. Like, I don't need anal. Like, I, I just, well, anything with my mouth. Like, a work, a work imitating life. Yeah. Life, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but what happened is, so I had this like arsenal of recipes that I've cooked over the years. And I will not lie, I would say a majority of them were things that I made three in the morning coming back from the club when I just, I don't want to order something on Seamless. I want like something that's quick and easy. So I brought in a recipe developer to help hone in on like measurements and what this would look like to the general population because I can't just say, oh, a dash of hot sauce. No, that's got to be like a quarter teaspoon, you know? So she did a lot of the translations mathematically for me. And um, yeah, so those turned into full-fledged recipes. And and yeah, so everything that I had, you know, developed over these years was just kind of put into a cookbook, but I've always had a love for cooking. I just, I don't, I don't 
cut things right. I don't cook things right. And that's what this book is all about. You are, you are allowed to fail. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. And that's really a trend. And obviously, uh, Amazon delivered something to me because Miss Thing just dinged in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of the trend these days. And I mean, full circle Rachel Ray of it all. You know, she's not a, she's not a measurement queen. No. And it's just, it's like this needs to be kind of quick and easy and it, it could be a little sloppy and and it's just, it is what it is, you know, macaroni in a pot. Yes. You know? I mean, that being said though, I actually do love baking because baking is all about precision and measurement. So when I start spiraling, cause I'm very, I'm hyper-organized. I'm, I'm definitely like levels of OCD. I know people like Khloe Kardashian toss that term around when they're not diagnosed. Like I legitimately can be diagnosed OCD. I have specific ticks and triggers. And um, so I love baking because I do feel like it's an organized, you know, process and everything's about precision. So that was actually really fun because it forced me to kind of jump out of my comfort zone a little bit with the approach that I take to cooking and actually be like, oh no, like if you go over that teaspoon of baking powder, that shit's going to blow up in your oven and you're going to have a mess, <laughs> you know? So it's like twofold. It's like, while I do love the improvisation aspect of cooking, I also live for the measurements of baking. So yeah, um, yeah. that's, uh, that's uh, really fun. And I mean, just running a, um, custom cake business out of my 120 square feet apartment once upon a time many many <laughs> moons ago in my in my trajectory yeah, yeah baking is just a different beast mm-hmm. altogether and it's you can't just throw things like you no. le- legit just cannot throw things no around no nope. like a cheesecake needs specific measurements ju- just like a cupcake you i know? mean but even even speaking about cheesecake you stir it one one too many times that thing's going to crack down the middle you have it loose exactly right? i know and i'm learning these things along the way it's almost like i'm it, what was cool about this book and working with the recipe developer is that you know what i got what i felt like i was an expert in was communicating how to do these things that i didn't personally know to the everyday person i wanted to dumb it down that's why i have a whole section on what you should stock in your pantry what kitchen tools are you know must haves nice to have would be a you know blessing if you got it as a Christmas gift, but um I yeah that's I I've loved it because it's been education for me and but I do think if I were to go to school like and have a formal education I would do kind of I, I think I'd do baking over cooking I would do like a pastry um, yeah, because I, I kind just, of love yeah. I kind of love the fact that I and we are self taught in yeah. that sense because there's more of um dare I say a risk, there's more, there's more of a, an investment, you know, cause you want to figure it out. There's a passion behind it. There's like a, how, how does this work? Oh, would this taste good in there? Oh yeah. And then like, you're like kind of learning and, and putting things together yourself as opposed mm-hmm. to having someone be like, no, th- it, this has to be like this because this has to be like this and this yeah. is why. And it's not as rigid Yes. Yeah. And, and that's what I love. And your book, we might as well just get fully into it. Your book is stunning. Uh, yeah. And just, I love the photos. I love the humor throughout it. It's really, really beautifully shot. There's about a ton of cocktails. I, I was scrolling <laughs> through the book and I was like, where, where are the recipes? All I see is, I was like, this gay, 
a boy. basic bitch loves to drink. <laughs> Come on now. I had to start with a good cocktail. 90% session. cocktails, 10% <laughs> recipes. No, not really. It's, re- it's very evenly balanced, actually. And it's really, really fun. And there's a lot of fun titles and... Um, labels for your recipes. I just I just really, really love like the whole thing as a whole. It's really beautiful. So Thank congratulations. You. Thank on you. That. Yeah. And what was that journey like? It was awesome. You know, I, ever since I was little, I've said I've wanted to publish a book. And I never in a million years did I think it would be a cookbook. You know, I thought it would be some sort of self-deprecating memoir after I'm a famous actor or something <laughs> that I like, you know, envision when I was younger. But I always knew I wanted to be published. And I was the type of kid when guys were out playing, uh, you know, hot box. And um, actually, I shouldn't say hot, hot box anymore because hot box is, has two different meanings, I've learned. And it means like also like, I guess, farting under a blanket. Yeah. So I was hot like... <laughs> box in Atlanta, Georgia was literally a game that you played that had two bases on opposite sides and you would throw a ball back and forth and tag people. <laughs> so I need to stop using that reference. People think that like, I'm talking about farting under covers. Yeah, yeah, anyway, let's just say baseball. You, you have a flatulence. <laughs> Fetish. I, I feel it. I, I oh really God, feel it. No way. Right? No, because I wasn't playing hot box. <laughs> um, but while people were playing like baseball, kickball, let's say, freestyle, hot box, Hide the I sausage. was at home like, st- <laughs> I was stapling together pieces of paper and writing my own books, you know, as like a five year old. And so to see just this idea that I had randomly and was shocked by the way that it didn't exist. When I typed in basic bitchin into Google and I saw that nobody had done anything, immediately it went to GoDaddy, immediately trademarked that shit because I was like, this is so brilliant. How has there not been a basic bitch cookbook? There Um, used to be a show back in the day um, called Bitch in Kitchen. Yes, And she and I actually came up together via like side by side. We were doing very similar things when blogging was at like the forefront, like when blogging like really was new. And she and I were like side by side and I wanted the gay version of her show. Yeah. Um, And that was in treatment for a while, actually. I don't know if I've ever said that on this podcast. (laughs) That, yeah, there was a gay show that was like a gay version of Bitchin' Kitchen in treatment for a while out in LA with me. Um, that never came to be for yeah, yeah. a million reasons. But uh, yeah, Bitch in Kitchen was like the closest thing, maybe. That was the closest that. thing that popped up. Yeah, yeah, obviously, you know, but completely different yeah, like, very approaches, different. Um, but obviously using Bitch in the title. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so I just jumped on it. But to see that process and see it play out was so surreal for me. Honestly, people are like, it must have been so difficult to write that book. I obviously was very blessed, hashtag, to have a recipe developer. But the writing portion was very easy for me. It was very natural. It was, it just, it was something I was waiting my entire life to do. And I approached it in a way that was really fun and personalized. So I would go back into old Facebook statuses and see what resonated just among my friends and what, you know, provided a lot of engagement or yielded a lot of engagement, a lot of likes. And I would kind of morph these personal stories into food memories that I also had or 
you know, because, and that's what's kind of funny about the book. Like I write about avocado toast, but it's tied to my obsession with gospel choirs. So I, it's just, that's just how I approach writing. And I wrote a lot of these titles before I even wrote the head notes. So I'm very like punny, I would say. And to just see it come together and then have David Luciano, who is a photographer, like shoot everything the, exactly how I wanted it. You know, I wanted bright, colorful. It just Yeah, was, and the photos uh, are stunning. The photos oh my are God, really, really beautiful. He did an incredible job. He's amazing. And he works actually with his wife, Claudia, who uh, is the food stylist and chef. So they're such an amazing team. And I was so fortunate to have Simon & Schuster sign off on them. Um, but yeah, it was just to make a long freaking story short. It was an amazing process. It's so quick. That's the other thing that you don't even realize it. Uh, it only took like a year essentially to do this. Um, I love but, that yeah, you're so upbeat about it because other people who've been on In Your Mouth really yeah. are like, please don't. Uh, you know what? If you're going to write a book, write like a memoir or something. Don't write I a know. cookbook because it's, uh, it's really labor intensive. It is, but I will say the thing that bothered me the most about the process was that I just had to put this out during a pandemic. You know, I had me being the publicist, I had a certain vision of how I wanted to promote it. I had a partnership with William Sonoma. It was going to be a 10 city book tour. I had all of these, you know, PR ideas when, you know, it was originally supposed to come out in May. It came out in August. And um, it just a lot of people weren't doing in studio cooking segments. Some people still aren't. So it just, I'm disturbed by, you know, that process. Um, But overall, overall, it was a very positive experience. And I love it. I love it. And we're going to tell the kids where they can get it towards the end of the podcast. But right now, I want to take a quick break to take you and introduce you to my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the podcast. Are you ready, Joey, for a little bit of food news update? Food news. news. Uh, Honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. A Dairy Queen in Minnesota was stunned when over 900 cars participated in a pay-it-forward chain. Love it. Pay-it-forward. These are hard times, people. Right? Isn't that cute? I mean, this thing went on for two days, and it happened, thanks Delish.com, at a Dairy Queen located in Brainerd, Minnesota. And They're so nice in Minnesota. Aren't they? <laughs> Store manager Tina told the outlet that one man started the movement on December 3rd when he decided to pay for a woman's order behind him. When she informed the woman of the man's random act of kindness, she wanted to keep it going. And so this thing lasted for two days. And even at the end of the first day, the last car through the drive-thru was like, oh, well, here's $20 to start it again tomorrow. Ah. Uh. I love that so much. Right? Especially now, especially these days, you know, when everything's going on. It's really, I say one thing in that article, um, that holiday gift guide for West 42nd Street, our neighborhood magazine, uh, that is like, we've learned through this uh, pandemic to be like, you know, really giving to take care of each other to like, you know, look out for each other a little bit more, I think. You know, and I and I yeah. just loved reading this story. The kitchen crew was like, "Are we really still going?" Um, and she was like, "Yep, we're still going." Um, that's in crazy. That's really crazy. That. At the end of it all, the Dairy Queen made ten thousand dollars in sales, and the kindness spanned over nine hundred vehicles at the drive. It's amazing. That yeah, right? like, 
yeah, I, I feel like there are a lot of annoying people in the world right now <laughs> who feel like they have a voice when they should not. <laughs> yeah, um, some people need cough, to stop. stop. Stop the steal, people. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, some know, people need to life. stop. Talking, they need to stop their voices. <laughs> but so this is re- this kind of um, restores my faith in humanity a bit. I love, I love this it. Story. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, we're here for you, Minnesota, and this yeah. Dairy Queen. We are here for you. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Chipotle has a Miley Cyrus burrito on its online menu, and it's inspired by her favorite order. I figured Wait, you, it, <laughs> I figured you'd live for this. <laughs> is it made with like beef tongue because she's so used to sticking out her tongue and like everything? <laughs> I mean, I love Miley though. <laughs> uh, Miley's a complete vibe with that raspy voice and that mullet these days. What's I mean, in it? What's her order? Well, apparently there's this whole like movement on TikTok that um, people are tagging. If Miley comments, I'll do. X, you know, so if Miley comments, mm-hmm. I'll yeah. name my kid, whatever she says. If Miley That's comments, right. yeah. I'll shave my head. I didn't even know that this was, thing was happening. And apparently, Miley Cyrus has been really bored during this pandemic. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> that like she hops on people's random TikToks and comments. Yeah, I and love so that. Chipotle got in the game saying, if Miley comments, we'll name, uh, we'll put a Miley burrito in the app. And she did. So smart. Whoever works in Chipotle's marketing department, you absolutely deserve a raise. Right? So now they have the guac is extra, but so is Miley burrito. And it's inspired by her favorite order. It's made with guac, white rice, black beans, fajita veggies, roasted chili corn salsa, tomatillo salsa, and romaine lettuce. Do people actually have specific Chipotle orders? Because I feel like when I go, it's just like, give me everything. (laughs) Yeah, everything. And can I get... And the way to ask for extra without paying for it is, oh, can I just have a little more? Oh, smart. Yeah, I used to do that. Or get get two different proteins, I found is another way. Yeah. Because they never really kind of do like a half scoop of each. It's like a full scoop of each. So I like doing the sofritos, tofu, whatever, with a little chicken moment. <laughs> Are you vegetarian? No, hell oh, no. Oh, you just love that sofritos. I actually just posted something on my Instagram um, that said, is he gay or just vegan? Oh my goodness. <laughs> because I'm always so confused with some of these like Insta thoughts. I'm like, is he gay or is he just, just really mean. compassionate towards <laughs> animals? <laughs> or he re- just really loves his plants. He loves his know? plants and he loves his six pack as like I'm rotting from the inside out eating like beef jerky at 8 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh my God. I've had a shout out to you, Chipotle, because you're delicious. But I've had to take a break because you could set your watch to like a Chipotle meal. You know that in 15 minutes, you are going to be running to the toilet. You know? That's funny because I used to be that way in college. Like it was so bad. Like Chipotle destroyed me. That's like the only way I stayed skinny fat. Like I would eat whatever I wanted and then I'd just go to Chipotle and like shit out everything I ate that week. Yeah. But um, now I'm like good. It's like I've developed. Developed a Chipotle's immunity. <laughs> like, yeah, Listen, it's have. Chipotle's delicious, and we're, I have a not... really sensitive stomach, but it doesn't yeah. affect me the same way anymore. Good. No, like no, there is no Chipotle and no bottoming in the same day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about bottoming. That's I, not oh, it. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to refrain from commenting, but <laughs> hey, a food editor cannot bottom because there are too many things that go into my body, and a penis is not going to be one of them. <laughs> now, that's a sound bite for the ages. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'm just going to keep feeding it to you. And they used, to, they used to call me the sound bite queen. <laughs> I think I met my match, honey. Anywho, you better believe. You yeah, better believe. <laughs> so we are here for you, Chipotle. No matter, no matter if we can bottom or not. And finally, speaking of not bottoming, McDonald's is serving up a bowl of melted cheddar cheese for all your dipping needs. What the fuck? <laughs> I kind of love it though. Yep. I'm here for it. So shout out to you, McDonald's Brazil, because oh. the fast food chain just launched an oozing bowl of melted cheddar cheese <laughs> that will have you dipping your burgers, french fries, and beyond. I love you, delish.com. You give me like the best <laughs> like food news content. Just a bowl of cheese. I'm just kind a bowl of here of, for it. It looks like the, the movie theater cheese, like the nacho cheese. That's oh, what it looks all like. right. You know, but do they and, not serve it though? With like, I mean, I'm sure they want you to dip their fries in it, and maybe that's like part of the marketing. But like, are they going to come out with a chip? <laughs> no, I mean, it's there's literally a somebody dipping a whopper, in, not a whopper. Oops, wrong. Oh, <laughs> a big oh, Mac. child. <laughs> a, a, a Big Mac. Excuse me. Excuse me. A Big Mac into the, this really gross looking bowl of plastic. This plastic bowl of melty cheese. 3 a.m. after like 13 tequila sodas, I would absolutely be into this. Oh idea. my God. We are totally best friends. Tequila soda splash a pineapple. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Except I don't, here's the thing I am a sauce whore. Like, I, it's a dream to actually come up. I shouldn't put this in a universe because someone's going to steal my idea. I have like a really good cookbook idea that's just about like, sauce but also with alcohol like with a double entendre um and i but i don't go towards a cheese sauce usually i'm like truly into a honey mustard a barbecue no i'm a buffalo queen a buffalo ranch buffalo ranch yeah yeah oh Oh, you're I'm like definitely not a honey it. mustard boy. Like no. I'm wearing a shirt with French fries on it. French fries are my favorite food of all time. I will dip into any honey mustard you give me and be so happy. Yeah. No, I, I'm not. I'm not here for the honey mustard. I'm wow. Here for like well, it's a, been a great podcast. I hope you was, have a it, good life. It was nice to have you. <laughs> it was nice to have you. And with that, that's the end of Food News Update. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so updated. All these current <laughs> events. I'm so right. glad. I'm Listen, gonna... it's a break from the real news and we all true. need it now. I so go, true. I want to go back to hotboxing for a minute. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and growing up in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. And just, um, I always say that our stories matter because we never know who's listening. Mm-hmm. And what was growing up in Atlanta, Georgia like? And there, and two-part question here, coming out in that space. Sure, yeah. So I actually left Atlanta, Georgia in fourth grade, and I would say most of my life grew up in Naples, Florida, but I would say that's even more conservative. Not Naples. Yeah, Naples, Florida is where I grew up. More, I would say more conservative than Atlanta, especially now, because, hey, Georgia's blue. Um, Four-year-old Joey was like, I'm out of here. I'm going to Naples. Legit, I mean... Florida. I would say, like, my coming out story started um, at childbirth. (laughs) Like, I think I, like, came out wearing... I was a stereotypical gay guy. I like some gays. 
we all come in different shapes and sizes. I hate to stereotype because I think that, you know, perpetuates all of these different, uh, you know, just, uh, I don't know, things that society says you have to be if you're gay or not. I, I, I hate them. I hate stereotypes. But I came out with like freaking red patent leather pumps on and was like, hey, world. And, you know, and I was probably like, grossed out by the fact that a vagina was near me. Um, <laughs> so I, my parents knew I was, let's put it in air quotes, special <laughs> or yeah. unique, you know, okay. or he, he dances to the beat of his own drummer. That's what eccentric. they always say. Well, uh, eccentric. I, I'm an yeah. old queen from way back. They used to call us eccentric. <laughs> eccentric. What, what did they say? Musical? That was like, <laughs> you know. Yes. Um, I don't know if that was more derogatory, but um, <laughs> I just said it. Whoopsie. Um, anyway, so they I was always pretty like effeminate and um so that was a struggle for me you know I I I always but I never I had parents that were amazing because they never forced me to be anything different you know and they always just encouraged me to really honestly dance to be my own drummer and like you know, shake off the haters and, and they knew there was something special in me and and they wanted to foster that. And they, at the same time, wanted to also protect me. And, um, because I was severely bullied and, uh, it carried into, you know, high school. And I think because of that, I did wait so long to co- actually come out and say the words that I'm gay. And I waited until 22 when I was after college and, you know, even though I was the theater kid in high school, I was the one who, you know, would wear really short shorts and, you know, had a little, you know, a little Naomi Campbell stride to his walk. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I just was not comfortable. And then it became almost a selfish thing because you, uh, I mean, people can understand this. We, we, elder, not, I wouldn't want to say elder gays, but I would say 30 plus, you know, millennials, it still wasn't culturally acceptable to be gay for a significant part of our childhoods and, you know, early adulthood. And I was looking to people like Anderson Cooper, who had careers that I really, really wanted to emulate, but I knew I was like, Anderson Cooper has to be gay, but he wasn't publicly out at the time. So I selfishly in my mind was like, I don't want to do anything that is going to be detrimental to my career. You know, I, I and because my life is my career and I wanted to hold on to that. And it was a selfish decision to come out late. And I graduated college though. And then I realized as being gay was more accepted and actually something I could use to my advantage in the media industry because everybody's a damn homo. (laughs) I was like, all right, I'm coming out now. My mom actually put me on the spot. And uh, I, ju- I started dating a, my first, it was my first relationship. He broke my heart. We're supposed to go on a Cape Cod vacation. And then he just broke up with me. And I was like, whatever. I really only wanted to go to the potato chip factory anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, she knew something was up and she called me out and I just had a full breakdown and um, the rest is history. And I, I did start with, with saying the whole, but I like women too. You know, I'm just confused. And I do believe in bisexuality and that's not yeah. a knock to anyone who yeah, is yeah, actually yeah. bi. We talk, about that, but, uh, we talk about that a lot, like bisexuality yeah. as like a gateway to uh, coming out because, yeah. because, you know, it like allegedly softens the blow, but actually it just mm-hmm. causes more confusion. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I feel bad for people who are bisexual right. yeah. because I feel like it, it, it hurts their story, you know, and their, yeah place in society because people you know i just had this conversation the other day they're like 
so many people are like, if you can like the opposite sex, then why don't you just do that? It's easier. No, things are more complicated. Humans are complicated. This is why I hate these social constructs of what we're supposed to be. Nothing is black and white when it comes to humans. Nothing. Personality, gender, um, you know, sexuality, interests. So why, why, why put gender sexuality in such black and white categories when everything else is so diverse? I don't know. I'm going off on a freaking... No, no, no. And I mean, it's beautiful that you have a supported supportive mom. Shout out to all the moms out there, right? Uh, Carrying their gay kids through, you know, (laughs) through adulthood and keeping us like alive, you know? And even my mom to this day, she, the other day when... uh, Elliot Page came out mm-hmm. as trans uh, before coffee. We were on FaceTime and my mom had a lot of questions, a yeah. lot of questions. And she was like, I'm just, I'm just so confused and this and that. And I go, it is great. I go, it is not so great that you called me before I had my coffee for me to like give you a full explanation about this. This is <laughs> yeah. a lot for like eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. But I go, Ask the questions. I go, I'd much rather you ask yes. me a question yes. and and like, we'll figure this out together. I'll get you the resources so that you understand that things aren't so black and white, you know? Yes. And, and you're focusing on the questions. wrong things. Yeah, ask yes. the questions. And don't, so shout out to the moms. And that's the problem with this country. And I think the in the grand scheme of things is that people would rather wallow around in their own ignorance instead of asking the right questions and giving themselves an education on other people's experiences. I I think that's, you know, we look at this whole, everything that's going on in the world, not to make your podcast super serious right now. No, (laughs) no, um, but this is what it's about. And this is what, yeah, uh, this is exactly what it's about. And this is what uh, this has turned into and why I love doing this so much in celebrating people like you is that, through this food lens, through talking about basic bitching, through talking about and getting to know you and your journey, right? Because we're still talking about potato chips and how he broke your heart. Um, <laughs> is that we get we get to see a different side of things, a different. Yes. We we get to see your story and 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 talk about things in a different way through a different lens that we may not yes. get to see otherwise. You know, which Very is true. important. We're not the Anderson Coopers. We're not no. the Andy Cohens. We're not. You know, um, and this is, I always say it's more tangible. Like we're more yes. tangible. Yeah. So, uh, so it's important. It is important. And I, and you know, and yeah, and I appreciate you even giving people like me a platform to speak my mind, <laughs> you know, yeah, this podcast, thought, you know. Yeah, I, I always thought this podcast was going to be about me and be gay and fun and can't be all about me, me, me. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. there are those solo episodes, right? And there, I'm sure there'll be more solo episodes, right? Because the gay, the gay food liberties will certainly run out, but I hope not. But I mean, it's always been about celebration of somebody else. And now even that I'm promoting my merch, it's really weird. Like self-promotion is really weird all of a sudden to me because it's never been about me. It's been about our stories and Mm -hmm. our our experiences, right? And through through food, full Mm -hmm. circle, all again, that like, you know, we, a lot of things happen around the table, you know, and, and are food centered. Right. And this is and this is one of them. And speaking of your boyfriend, right, transitioning right there, (laughs) uh, we're going to get the answer to the question that was never answered on Wendy Williams. Oh, Jesus (laughs) Christ. (laughs) 
<laughs> that you completely ignored her. I did right? not hear her. That is the gag of it all because you know, like you I ignored think, her, girl. You ignored her. <laughs> swear on my life. Swear on my entire career that I didn't hear her. So literally, swear, swear on my life and my career I didn't hear her because I would have loved to respond to that and been like, "Why do you have someone for me?" I I did. That's why I said right before. What'd you say? I you have four and a half minutes to breeze through recipes, yeah, while also answering questions that I didn't know she was going to ask about Mama June. So I just completely blacked out, and I'm just trying to get through it because people people forget it's not just me and her having a conversation. It's also producers, cameramen holding up signs telling me move on to the next recipe, and 20 seconds left. And I yeah, just people like, holding up. And if you've never yeah. been in that experience before, like the producers or the cameramen, like holding up their fingers, and yes. you're like, "What the fuck does that mean?" You have and to whatnot. wrap. It's live. Yeah. It's a live show. They have commercials. You have to yeah. cut commercials to commercials. And so, oh God, I wish I want to go back just because I want to kick off the segment being like, "Hi, I'm single." Like, <laughs> because I got dragged a little bit for that on social oh, media. Really? People are like, "Yeah," people are like, "You were so rude to not answer her question." Oh. I'm like, "Bitch, I am single and proud. Like, I don't care." There were two of us out there, me and uh, my friend Alberto. Hey, Alberto. Uh, like, we were texting about you, that, and that's how I like found you, right? And we we're yeah. like, he was like, "Are you watching Wendy?" This house get I. We were like, oh my God, Wendy, Wendy Williams is so shady because she was like, where do you live at Hell's Kitchen? She's yeah. like, yeah, mm-hmm, right? And I was like, shady, Wendy Williams. Yeah. And then we were like, did he not answer her question? And I know. We were, we were living for it though. We were like, he was like, nope, not answering. Well, and this is the soup. Oh my but God. We didn't no. think you were rude at all. The I, gag I didn't, though yeah. is I, so I blacked out obviously. And yeah. after I was done, I was like, I don't know how the hell that went because I just had no recollection of what just happened. So the producer, who's also gay, um, brought me into the green room and he's like, that was so good. He's like, also, it was so funny when you ignored Wendy's question. And I was like, wait, what question did I ignore? And he was like, the one when she asked about your boyfriend. I'm like, she asked me if I had a boyfriend? (laughs) I flipped out. And then I had one of those moments where I was like, what the fuck else did I say or not say? And I then re-question, I questioned every part of my career and I called my mom crying in the car on the way home being like, I'm going into real estate. I'm never doing this again. Like it was one of those moments because I had no idea what was going on in those four and a half minutes. So no, no, you know, I personally think you didn't come off that way. I was like, well, tell the people on YouTube that because they fucking hate me. Oh, well, no. Well, maybe they'll listen to this. And you and and you'll be redeemed because uh, I didn't I didn't get that sense from you all the time because if I got that sense I'd be like ugh right and I wouldn't have yeah. invited you on this pod you yeah. know because that's not my vibe um, and you know Wendy is so like blasé sometimes she's like sure. she couldn't be bothered like she uh, well, more often than yeah. not she can't be bothered with things like even during her like giveaway segments she's like uh huh totally. mm-hmm. and she's always doing something else which well, is I was the thrown also because the first question or the first thing she said was that I said that I was Mama June's chef yeah it's not true 
<laughs> like I never yeah. said that. I was when I was Mama June's publicist. I was twenty five. I wasn't going to shout that I was the chef of a woman who eats roadkill and sketty. Like that is <laughs> not my gig. So, uh, granted, listen, I didn't hold it against Wendy. She's interviewed thousands of people, and yeah. she very, you know, Mama June's probably been on the show again since you know I'd worked with her, and maybe someone did say that, and she thought it was me. Like I don't know. That's why I wasn't yeah. faulting her, but. To have that be the very first thing she says, and I'm like supposed to just start cooking, and I'm just like, uh, like, how do I correct you in a way to like make it so that people know I was yeah. not Mama June Chef? Yeah, <laughs> I was people, publicist, like <laughs> in your mouth, listeners. Or as now a new merch item is coming out, and I'm calling you the mouthfuls, mouthfuls. <laughs> yeah. um, whatchamacallit, you need to understand that these things happen so fast. Um, yes. I don't know if you know, but uh. I, there's a documentary that just came out called Dear Santa. And I've been getting a little bit of press because of this gay boy's letter that I answered, right? That is actually featured in this documentary um, last year, right? And so I've been, it all happened very quickly. And I was like, wait a minute, how did this even get out? Whatever. So I've been doing like a mini press circuit for this documentary yeah. that I have a hot four minutes in. It's not even about me. I love um, it though. And it's beautiful. It's very, very beautiful. And go out and watch Dear Santa. It's the holiday movie of the season. But I was on the news in Chicago and I had, they gave me the list of questions to be prepped for this and that. Mm -hmm. You're on the news. We went and this uh, reporter asked me nothing what she was supposed to ask of me. Uh, asked me about the inner workings of the postal service. I don't work yeah. for the post office, but I had to pivot and make it up, right? Asked me about other volunteers. We're volunteers. Yeah. I don't know all the volunteers. Like, yeah. we, not like one group. It's no. like you just choose the volunteer and you do your thing alone or yeah. you don't, you know? Yeah, and so I yeah. had to pivot. So when that ended, I was like, oh my God, I made up a bunch of stuff. All of that was factual, but you know? And then you sit there and you question yourself. Oh my God, that was terrible. I sounded like an idiot. I know. On. You have and then a you moment. Yeah, and you have a moment with it. Yeah. So like, kudos to you. You did fabulous. I mean, I just, great. I do have the luxury though, because I was a publicist. So, and I would media train my talent telling them exactly what I did on, you know, like yeah. don't, you will f have questions in advance, but do not expect for those questions to be asked. So yeah. you need to have a backup plan right in the moment. And it was funny. It was a, it was a test for what I was preaching, you know, for many years. And I was like, oh God, I hope I delivered. But apparently I ignored a question and whatever. I'm single. It's fine. Um, let me keep telling people that I'm single. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm surprised you're not getting the kids sliding into your DMs. I've gotten quite a few, but I've had to put a few oh. on mute too. Because oh. I'm like, oh my God. Yes. Listen, well, you <laughs> give them the Instagram so they can keep sliding into those DMs. Yes. It's at Joey Skladani. Um, yeah, yes. Uh, I should have said it at the beginning of the pod because the face is really cute y'all and we have a rule here on in your mouth if someone slides into your dms because they heard you here you have to share all right okay it's, it's it's a rule all right the pictures are kept between us but we're sharing y'all because what sharing is caring. caring yes you know what i don't usually share my food but i will share the men yeah listen um Listen, it's a, a socially distant sharing because, you know, we can't do, we can't, we can't be that. involved. We can't do that. Not, not doing not that. We're going to be a super uh, spreader. <laughs> <laughs> this has been so much fun and I could do this for 
ever with you. All right, let's oh do it. <laughs> oh let's my keep going. God. It's the four hour podcast that nobody uh, no, asked for, but you're no, getting no, anyway. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no
Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know what? I may I may put an order in for one to send to somebody now. Why yeah, not? You better do it. Do it. No, we got to <laughs> listen. If anything, we got to support each other. It takes yes. a village. You know, as well as I do, this food media world is not easy. And no. I love the favorite part of what I do here on this podcast is getting to know people like you and creating what I call like my real food wives of, you know, the gay world or the, <laughs> the real gay food gays of the internet. Oh, that's yes. better. Here. Because, you know, I am the Andy Cohen of food, dear. dear. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for giving me of your time. This has been really, really great. You have to come back and play with me in I the will. new year, right? Come back. We'll kiki. We'll talk about what the Kardashians aren't eating, right? Yeah. And that's whenever you come back. Perfect. And out there, um, take care of yourselves, right? We're a week and a half away from Christmas. Ugh. Right. I have all the holiday gift guides. And if you don't, it can't be bothered. Just go and buy my merch and buy Joey's book. Easy peasy. There's there's gifts for all. And I want to thank you all for listening to In Your 